are listening to the Creative Pivot Podcast, and I am your host, Heather B. This is episode 20, the final episode of season one. Uh, Don't worry. Don't worry. I will be back in October with season two, and I'm planning all sorts of good stuff for you. This podcast is all about women embracing their 40s, 50s, and beyond. Looking at the things that have maybe stopped them in the past, and they're stepping into the possibility of this next chapter of their lives, whether it's changing careers, whether it's their kids leaving um, home and going to college, whether it's finally opening or starting that business that they've always dreamed of doing, but for whatever reason, something has stopped them from moving ahead. And I am sharing stories of women that have done just that. And today's episode is my own story. Saving the best for last, of course, for you here. (laughs) But I wanted to make sure that I didn't go through a whole season of The Creative Pivot without sharing my story because making a pivot of your own is not all rainbows and unicorns. It is not easy. And so as much as I want to inspire, I also want you to make sure that when you're making a change, you are prepared for the work ahead. So that's what we're going to dive into in this episode of The Creative Pivot. Where to begin? Well, before I start off with the question that I ask of all of my guests, which is, what did you want to be when you grew up? I guess I'll start off by letting you know what I'm doing now. So I am a biz technology and burnout coach. And with burnout, why I say that is because um, dealing with stress and anxiety and your inner critic If you don't handle those things or learn tools to handle those things well, that no matter what you do next, you're going to end up in burnout. Burnout is not a one-time thing, at least for most of us that go through it. Burnout is something that one, you're not always aware that you're in burnout when it happens. Two, it's usually a burnout cycle of how you approach new things in your life. And three, if you don't get over burnout, you're not going to be able to end up with a life that you really love. So that's why I say burnout. Sometimes people like to call it mindset, um, but I'm specific to burnout because that's the thing that I want to make sure that you deal with and you handle and you find healthy ways of handling it before you move on to creating that business, that career change, that um, creative pivot in your life. So there you go. That's what I'm doing now. But what did I used to be? Well, when I was younger, 
I wanted to be an architect. And never on that list was podcast host, manager, creative, coach, teacher, tech consultant, policymaker, project manager, administrative assistant, on and on and on, right? Like we've all done all of these things, more than what our titles say. But architect definitely wasn't one of them, or at least I didn't think it was. So when I think back to why I wanted to be an architect, really looking back on it, it was all about the stories that houses told, how a house was built to become a home to help people feel safe and comfortable and to really be in touch with their best selves. So when I was younger, I'd love to go to open houses with my mom. We get the Sunday paper and we'd circle the open houses that we wanted to go visit. We'd love to see how the houses were decorated, what the gardens looked like, how the house was really made into a home. And I guess it is kind of was a little voyeuristic, but I would always create stories in my head of the people that lived in those homes because deep down, I was and always will be a lover of stories. I was in love with stories and storytelling. I was a bookworm and I loved shows about houses. And I mean, in in the old days, um, it basically was this old house on PBS. This old house was like the original HGTV. Oh, and don't get me started on HGTV. When that came around, oh, I was in heaven. So watching a historic home be brought back to life and meeting the owners and meeting the craftsmen and seeing the craftsmanship that went in to this old house and hearing the stories of that house and the people who lived there, it all just fed into my soul to the point that I wanted to be an architect. I wanted to make houses. I wanted to create stories. I wanted to build safe spaces for people. So I've realized, like many of us do, looking back, that all the other jobs I've ever had in my life really centered around helping people tell a story. How can I help someone else find their voice? And that might be as a manager with a team member who has great ideas but doesn't speak up. It might be having a peer who really wants to make a career change, but they're not sure how to do it or who to talk to. And I was always offering suggestions and helping people to the point where I started seeking out coaching training, started seeking out a master's degree in organizational leadership, seeking out skills that I could build, ways that I could help more people tell their story. How can I help people find their voice? How can I help explain a concept in a new way that will allow someone to use a tool 
and step into their greatness with that. How can I create a safe space for people to be true to their inner voice so that their inner voice can match their outer voice without hearing their inner critic? But of course, as an eight-year-old, I never associated that with what really drew me to architecture. That really deep down, there was anxiety that I still have today that I always had as a child. A feeling of insecure whenever I would leave my home. So my home was my safe space. And I never felt safe until I returned back and I would feel rescued by my home, rescued by my family. And really that was just all about not feeling like my true self outside of the home. I've always been so inspired by people that are so good with interior design, seeing how their brains work, how they bring things together. And Those people, whether they're um, working interior design, like Allison from Ripple Interiors, or um, Diane, who helps people with organization and just making their space work with them from New York at home. It is just such a wonderful feeling to be in a home And know that it has your back, if that makes sense. And so understanding how much my home was important to me, seeing how everyone is so impacted by their home, that's really what drove me to want to be an architect. Now, yes, I'm not an architect (laughs) at this point, but like I said, I want to create safe spaces, safe spaces for people to act on the dreams that they have. Spaces so when people leave their home, they still feel safe for that inner voice that will match the outer voice. Or should I really say? So the outer voice matches the inner voice. So I've had a lot of different careers in my lifetime, as I've said, where all of them in one way or another really led to helping people. But as I talked about with burnout and that that became a constant cycle for me in all these jobs, when you devote yourself to being a helper, a helper of others, That oftentimes makes you feel that your main purpose in life is to give and give and give. And yet we need to find the time and the ability to receive. So when I left home to go on to college, and let me say, I was do all your homework, uh, National Honor Society, Um, do what you're told, follow by the rules, everything, you know, color within the lines kind of a girl. I left and went on to college. And for the first time, I realized this is up to me. I'm not going to a school because it's in the neighborhood that I live in. 
I'm choosing where to go. And as an 18-year-old, I don't know who else felt this, the college that I went to to start off with was not what I really wanted because I hadn't trusted my voice. I hadn't figured out how to trust what I heard in my head. And so I left. But the other thing that I didn't learn is that sometimes hard things, difficult things, you push off. You don't want to do. You want to stick to what is not going to stretch you beyond your limits. And so I did end up going to several schools before I graduated. And I did end up working quite a bit in college, which was also a great learning experience. But in the end, I found that I still always wanted to help create space for other people. And so all of those careers that I've done, and even all of the schools that I went to, and all the programs that I took, it's all about helping others. And that led to burnout, which, after several career changes, I finally realized that if I didn't figure out a healthy way to deal with stress and the anxiety in my life, I would never find a place that truly felt like home. And that is what I'm dedicating my work to now, is to help others find a space that truly feels like home. This episode was supposed to come out actually about a week ago, week and a half ago. And the reason being is because I, um, yeah, I keep recording, re-recording it. <laughs> I think as some have said that, um, some people I've interviewed have said that it's really hard for them to tell their story because they feel like no one wants to hear. And I always tell them, no, that's not true. There are a lot of people that want to hear your story. And I had to get over myself with that too, which is a thing. Just because I help others deal with this does not mean that I do not struggle with all the same stuff. It is always easier, at least I feel, to be the editor rather than the writer to be the one to look at all the great ideas you have and help weed through those to get to that really brilliant thing that I know is what you really want to do. So that's how it was with recording this podcast is just getting to the point of kind of telling you how I started because all of this work and all of the work that I would ask you to do really does start with going back to your childhood. Who were you? What did you want to do? Looking back as a woman now in my 40s, can I look at that child and understand why? she was the way she was, why she followed all the rules, 
why she was afraid to break rules. And there's no trauma that comes up necessarily that many people have had. So I can't even allude to, to that. But I will say that it took me a long time to realize that um, until, you know, kind of officially being diagnosed that I had been dealing with anxiety my entire life. It took me a long time to realize that I had um, attention deficit, which as a very good student who followed the rules would never have thought until I worked with someone who put all the dots together. And I was like, oh, that explains so much. And by myself, figuring out all these things is why I'm so passionate about helping you figure out these same things that you're dealing with. So as I look back on this first season of The Creative Pivot, I want to thank all of the women who were so brave to come on and tell their story. Um, As I talked to some of them afterwards, and even on the podcast, they said, I can't believe I said some of those things. Like I had some realizations in the interviews and I hadn't thought about it that way before. It's the power of talk. So as I end this episode and this season of the creative pivot, I want you to keep in mind just a few things. Number one, open yourself up to receive. See the signs, believe the people when they tell you you have gifts to share. Two, find a way to tell your story. Find a way to share your lessons with others because you never know who is out there listening that really needs to hear it. And that's one of the main things that I tell my guests is that there's someone out there waiting to hear their story to move forward. So tell your story. Number three, be creative. That's the whole idea behind Creative Pivot. Find ways to be creative, even if you don't think of yourself as a creative person. I was always a lover of art, but I would put pen to paper and it would not come out the way my brain pictured it to be. But find a way to be creative. You don't have to become a painter or a sculptor or you know a fashion designer or an architect but you can just do things for yourself because it allows your brain and your mind to open up, to process stress in new ways. And it just really allows you to get more in touch with that inner child, that kid that you were. Get back in touch with them, especially after 
you know, kind of that midlife point, you start to feel a little, you start to feel like, who am I? This is not the person I was as a kid. This is not the person I thought I'd be in my 20s. Get creative. Get back in touch with that person, that kid in you. And last, I'd like to say that I really appreciate all the support that I have found. And during this time of 2020, where it just feels like one thing on top of another, choosing this year of all years for me to become an entrepreneur, I never would have guessed it. And there are times when I say, 2020, the universe is just telling me not, like, not to keep going. But really, what the universe is telling me is, you waited long enough, now I'm really going to show you why your voice and your gift is so important. And I want you to feel the same way. I would love to work with you through the creative pivot. And here are a few ways that you can work with me. I do offer one-on-one coaching. I offer courses from time to time on things such as burnout, getting your business off the ground, accountability coaching sessions, as well as this podcast. You could come on and be a guest in season two or three or four, however many seasons that I, that I have. I would love to hear you. I would love to help you figure out how to make your dreams a reality and whatever that looks like, I'm here for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of the podcast this summer and season two will be coming to you in October. So just a few weeks, not that much of a break. And I hope you think about whether it might be the perfect time to make a creative pivot of your own. Thank you. Thank you.